Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Two Way Podcast. We are here with Eduardo Mole, and uh, we're going to be giving you a sneak preview of the NBA draft. Um, you know, the draft isn't going to be, I think, until late later October, maybe. Um, and we're going to be doing a ton of draft stuff uh, by then because you know the season will be wrapped up. We'll have a champion, and then we'll go straight into draft stuff, uh, mock drafts, uh, team needs. I mean, you name it. We're going to be doing it. Um, but today we're going to be starting off with our top 10 prospects. This is an early look, um, and we're going to be going from 10 to 1. Eduardo, let's start it with you. Who do you have at number 10? At number 10, I have Tyrese Maxey from Kentucky. He's a shooting guard, 6'3". Um, you know, might be a little bit smaller, uh, but he has a good size. He has a 6'8 wingspan, so that's good. Uh, he has a strength. Um, you know, uh, I feel like he can be a good scorer for a team. Uh, he came from Kentucky. Uh, like I said, good size, even though um, the height is not there. You know, um, yeah, he's good off the pick and roll uh, and screens, you know, all of that. Uh, it, he can be a good role player. I wouldn't, you know, say he could be a star in the team. Uh, but as a good role player, has good size, that means he can be good at defense or improve. So I, I'm a fan of uh, that type of game. So I'm going with Tyreek Maxey at my team. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, you know, John Calipari, his coach, called him the best guard in the country. Um, he just seems pretty much like a gamer. Um, and I would definitely, um, definitely considered him putting in my top 10. Um, but at, coming in at number 10, I have Obi Toppin. Um, you know, you know, he's a consensus top five pit player, but um, I'm not I'm not necessarily a big fan. Uh, you know, his fundamental defense is horrible. And if you can't play defense as a big nowadays, you will get beaten often. Um, teams are going to go out to target you. Uh, that being said, um, he's just an amazing athlete. Maybe the best in the draft um, up there with like Anthony Edwards and those guys. Um, he he kind of reminds me of just like a souped up athletic, bigger version of Kyle Kuzma. Um, and I think he could, if he works on that defense, could uh, evolve into a star NBA player. All right, Dudu, who do you have at nine? So at my number nine, um, I'm going to have uh, a point guard from France. Actually, you know, this, this draft class is kind of interesting. Um, you have a few good point guards. Uh, it's he heavy on the wings uh, and heavy on those athletic guys. And I'm taking one of those, but he's a point guard, 6'5", Killian Hayes out of France. He has good strength. Uh, you know, he's versatile on the defense. That's good, too. Uh, good shot. You know, all-around good playmaker. And, you know, uh, coming off the pick and roll, he's agile. And, you know, he can, he can get to the rim. 6'5 uh, is a good size for a point guard. Um, and we'll see what he can do. You know, I feel like he can be a good complement and piece to maybe a big. Um, I mean, you know, it's hard, it's hard to predict um, what situations he, he's going to be on, uh, you know, which team. Uh, but, you know, I feel like he can do a lot. Uh, he, obviously, um, 
he is a point guard. Uh, he's not going to be, you know, jumping out and, and just dunking on everybody. Um, even though he has a good size for a point guard, uh, he doesn't have that much vertical explosion. Um, and, and, you know, uh, when someone pressures him, he's also not great uh, in that aggressive defense, which we have a lot in the league, you know. Uh, players like Patrick Beverly and, you know, other players like that, that that can be a struggle for him. Uh, but And, you know, um, in, in his offhand, uh, he can also stay weak, so that's going to hurt in a few situations uh, when he goes through the other side, you know. Uh, and you have a lot of those bigs that can just contest anything. Um, but, you know, uh, he's a good player, good playmaker. Um, he's, you know, versatile, good defense, and a strong frame, too. So I'm going with Killian Hayes at my number nine. Yeah, Um Coming in for me at number nine, I have Onyeka Okongwu, um, an electric big man that brings a ton of energy to the floor. Um, you know, he could easily end up being a Bam out of bio level big man. Um, he can block shots really well. Um, he's really, really versatile for a defender, um, for a big man, uh, I should say. Um, you know, he, he has a knack for making huge plays uh, on both ends of the floor. Um, excellent finisher, good post score. Um, I, I think he could end up being a really nice big man uh, for any team that decides to pick him. Eduardo, uh, well, let's move one spot higher at number eight. My number eight, I'm going to have Isaac Coro from Auburn, 6'6", six, 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 uh, small forward. Uh, you know, he has all the tubes that you need for a good NBA wing. Um, you know, he has good size. Uh, he can defend uh, bigger players. That's great for a wing like that, you know. Um, and, and, you know, uh, like I said before, this is pretty wing heavy. There are a lot of players like this that are athletic, good defense. And, you know, Isaac Okoro is one of them. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll see what he can do. Um, he, he has good IQ, uh, which is also important for a wing. You know, sometimes you have a wing that has all those tools but doesn't know how to take good shots. And, you know, that's important for a lot of players, and it's good that he has that. And, you know, uh, probably his worst thing is his shooting. Uh, obviously, the NBA has transformed into a shooting-heavy league, and he's not great at that. Uh, but, you know, he's still a good player, uh, still a good wing, uh, and, you know, he has a lot of good uh, good aspects to his game. Yeah, um, absolutely. Okoro could easily emerge from the pack and be the best player in this class. But for me, I have, you know, a, a little bit of a different uh, pick. It's a sleeper coming in at number eight, Tyrell Terry. Um, in my opinion, the most underrated player in the draft. Uh, there is some bias uh, from me because I am a Stanford fan. I got to watch him play all of last season. Uh, but watching the guy play, you know, he's an out, he has an outstanding feel for the game. He's only, you know, 6'2", 6'3", at most, but he is the best shooter in the draft. Uh, he can do it off the catch and shoot uh, and off the dribble. Um, you know, he has the ability to be a great, a great playmaker, um, and he can finish well at the rim. Uh, you know, never a great defender. Um, at Stanford, but he shouldn't get exposed in the league. Um, and, you know, uh, he's, he plays super, super hard, um, great work, that work ethic. Um, I think the next step for him uh, would be to um, overall just get better as an on-ball defender on defense. He has it off the ball, but not on the ball. Um, and, yeah, I, I do think that he is the best shooter in the draft, and for that, I have him at number eight. Yeah, good pick. Well, oh, yeah. What, what are you 
Um, you, who do you have uh, coming in at number seven? Yeah, so my number seven, I have someone you talked about, Onyeka Okonwu. Uh, like you said, he's a good center, uh, kind of that Bam Adebayo type, uh, 6'9", from coming out of USC. Good player. He was a strong, mobile center. Uh, that's really good, you know, especially in this league uh, where you need centers like that. Uh, and, you know, we have evolved uh, to make players like DeAndre Jordan kind of obsolete. And, you know, he's, he's a good example of a, a modern center. Uh, he is versatile. He is um, athletic. Um, and, you know, on defense, too, obviously. Uh, even though he has maybe you could say a small frame or a small uh, height for um, a center, you know, he's still very good. He can get up there with those shot blocking, uh, shot blocks, you know. He's just uh, – he's a great player. He has good footwork. Uh, and it's a little bit smaller. Uh, but, you know, he has he is really agile. Uh, and I think uh, that's going to, you know, uh, push him up and give him the advantage over a lot of senders. Um, and, and, you know, uh, he's a good player, uh, and we'll see what he can do. You know, I feel like uh, he will go around that range, uh, seven, eight, something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Onyeka. That's a hard name to say. Yeah. Um, and coming in for me at number seven, uh, a guy that you touched on at number nine, Killian Hayes. Um, you know, a super raw player. Um, but very, very talented. Reminds me of a D'Angelo Russell type. Um, he's going to need some time to come into his own into the league. Um, but he is a great offensive player. And, uh, again, not, not a terrible defender, which uh, if you have a great offensive guy on, on offense that won't get uh, taken advantage of on defense like a, like a Trey Young, um, then you found somebody that is going to be really helpful for you. Um, Hayes uh, so has great playmaking, great perimeter shooting. Um, you know, he played, for, he played in France last season, averaged 11.5 points per game, 5.5 assists, pretty decent playing against grown men uh, pretty much. And um, he, he just has it all uh, from uh, especially on the offensive end of the floor. Yeah, for sure. Um, at my number six, I'm going to take LaMelo Ball. Uh, this might be a little lower, uh, but, you know, he has some great stuff in this game, but he still has some flaws. Obviously, being, you know, part of that gigantic family uh, with LaVar, Alonzo, Jello, all of that, obviously, um, you know, the media is going to pay some attention to him, and he may go up. Uh, but a few of his flaws, um, you know, might not be overlooked. Uh, obviously, he's a great playmaker. Uh, really good, has great size for a point guard, too, six, seven. Uh, and, and, you know, he played, uh, what was it, New Zealand or something, and he was good there, you know. Uh, but most of, most of his problems come uh, from shooting and efficiency. Uh, with a point guard like that, that you need, um, basically he's going to be that player uh, that you put the ball in, the, in his hands and he needs to score for you. He needs to do that for you, uh, bring that, uh, that win for you. Uh, and, and, you know, not having great efficiency, uh, does hurt him uh, or shooting, but you know he's an amazing playmaker. Uh, might be a little low, but he has a few flaws. Uh, but overall, a great player. Uh, let's see what he can do in the NBA. I'm definitely excited, uh, and everybody's everybody's going to be paying attention to him. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll deep dive into him later. Uh, but Denny Avdija is coming in next for me at number six. Um, you know, you talked about versatility. This guy is, uh, he is probably the most versatile player in the draft. Um, you know, he can play make like a guard, uh, and he has the scoring on the interior 
in, in the interior. Um, so he can do it all. He can play a guard, like I said, and he can play, you know, go down there, play like a power forward. Um, so he, he can do it all. Um, playing in Israel last year, only averaged eight points a game, four rebounds. That's fine. Um, uh, again, another guy who just is great as a prospect. He's going to need that three-pointer uh, to uh, elevate to be a really good prospect, but um, or a really good player. But as a prospect, um, he he is really nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, and my number, what is it? Six, five. Number five, five. I have Tyrese Halliburton, a six-five point guard out of Iowa State. Um, like a lot of other players, uh, he's very athletic. Uh, especially in this draft, you have a lot of athletic point guards, wings. Um, and, you know, he is an athletic point guard. Uh, he has an amazing basketball IQ, good playmaker. And, you know, coming out the pick and roll, he can be agile too. Uh, he's a good three-point shooter, 43% career three-point three point shooter, uh, 78 free throw. Uh, obviously, the NBA is different. It might take a little bit longer for him to adapt. But, you know, being a good shooter like that definitely – gives them an advantage over players that are mediocre shooters and have to adapt to the NBA ranks. Uh, so he's just a, a, good, a, a good point guard, um, a, a good size to 6'5", for a point guard. Uh, definitely can give him uh, the advantage over, uh, you know, players like Trey Young uh, that are just really small and have bad defense, you know. And he is very athletic. Uh, I'm a fan of Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, and I'm going to take him at number five, or I mean, not take him at number five. I'm going to rank him at number five. Yeah. Um, Halliburton, I'm a huge Tyrese Halliburton fan. Um, I do think he is one of the better players in this class. Um, but coming in, coming in at number five, uh, I have a guy who you talked about, LaMelo Ball. Um, you know, this is a guy who talent-wise is top three um, with the size, with the, with the passing, um, with the defense. Uh, but – his terrible shot selection and his inability to play off the ball bumps him down for me. Um, but the playmaking he possesses is unreal um, and by far the best uh, passer in the draft. Um, you know, he, we were talking earlier, he definitely needs to improve his efficiency. Um, he, he did play in Australia last year, um, showed some potential, uh, but also the shot selection needs work. The efficiency needs work, um, but he does have upside to become uh, one of the NBA's best playmakers. Um, and honestly, I, I do think that he could end up being pretty similar to his brother. Um, but he, he also has, if he can get a shot, uh, a more consistent shot than Lonzo, he will end up being uh, uh, just a better version of Lonzo Ball. Yeah, I guess you could say they have similar play styles with the size uh, but I think Melo, if he improves um, on some of those flaws and, you know, still maintains the, the things that he has for his game, I feel like he can even be better. Uh, and it's going to be good to see. Uh, but at my number four, right, number four, I'm going to take Obi Topin. Uh, he is 6'9 out of uh, Dayton, a power forward. And, you know, for a, a player like that, uh, like I said before, a lot of athletic players, he is probably the most athletic out of the draft. Uh, he, he obviously, uh, you know, with a player like that that's so athletic, um, you can't just be able to jump really high. And he doesn't just do that. He's very athletic. Uh, he's very versatile. I mean, uh, very agile. Uh, getting to the basket quickly uh, is also good, you know. Uh, problem is, problem is uh, he's not great in the defensive end, 
Uh, but, you know, just pure talent, pure athleticism, he's probably the best. Um, you know, he can run the floor uh, in a fast break. Uh, he's going to be unstoppable. It's going to be great to see. Uh, and, you know, even in the three, he's still a good shooter. Um, and, you know, in a power forward. Uh, that's basically all you need. Uh, obviously, he's a little different from other power forwards. Uh, and, you know, you might say that he's a little more um, old school, uh, just being that athletic uh, power forward, too. Uh, but, you know, he, he does have a good shot. He is very agile. Uh, and I, I'm a fan of players like that. Yeah. Um... You know, I think there's different ways to look at Obi Toppin. If you look at it uh, from a positive point of view, you can say, oh, well, if the defense gets better, he's going to be the best player in the draft. Um, I think I can say that for a fact. Uh, but if you look at it in the negative way, you could just say, you know, he, he doesn't have what he showed. He doesn't have the potential to be a better defender. Um, and I think, you know, I'm somewhere in the middle of that. Um, uh, but I'm towards the bottom because – I do think that he's going to have, uh, he's going to struggle um, transitioning to the NBA on defense, um, but he is going to be a dominant offensive player and he's going to be a guy that is really, really fun to watch. Um, but coming in at number four for me is Devin Vassell, the wing from Florida state. Um, you know, this is a guy that is an amazing defender, best wing uh, defender in the class. Um, he can shoot the lights out. Uh, and is improved as an offensive player um, and, and isn't just a shooter anymore. You know, in his freshman year at Florida State, pretty much was just a shooter, but he was able to do things um, off the ball or, uh, yeah, like cuts. Um, and uh, he, he was able to do things off the dribble too. Um, so I, I like his game. I think he will slide in and be an immediate fit for any NBA team that decides to pick him. Um, and I think he could really give a Chris Middleton type impact to a, uh, to an NBA team. Yeah. Um, with my number three, I'm going to take someone you took a little bit earlier uh, in Denny of DJ. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of him, uh, especially because I have been researching uh, players that the Cavs can take with that number five pick. And he shows up a lot. Uh, he's an amazing uh, small, small forward uh, that has the size um, to play power forward, uh, which is great. But then he also has the playmaking, creativity, and ball handling for a point guard. Um, that's basically the whole package that you need. Um, problem is, not a great shooter. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, not a great shot, sele uh, shot selector, something like that. He doesn't have great shot selection. Um, and, and, you know, that that will hurt a lot. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, still having a lot of those uh, good parts to his game that are, that are just insanely amazing, uh, having the skill of a point guard and the size of a power forward uh, is great. Um, and, you know, he has been getting better on defense. Obviously, we can't watch him a lot, uh, but he can be a competent defender uh, and he can protect um, in the rim, you know, because of that size. Uh, he's just a good player. Uh, and, you know, the shooting, uh, being a not great three-point shooter and adapt, having to adapt to the NBA uh, is going to be hard. Uh, but, you know, I feel like he can fit with some of those teams that – uh, that that can complement him, you know, and, and complement his flaws. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm excited to see um, where he's gonna go. I feel like he will go in that uh, three, four, five range, something like that. Uh, and you know, it's gonna be good. Uh, I I am hoping that you know, obviously, if the Cavs don't you know receive a miracle from God and get an Anthony Edwards, uh, that we take him. Uh, you know, him or someone like Obi Toppin. Uh, there are great options. Uh, but Denny of Egypt, this man, 
uh, it's basically everything we need. Yeah. Um, uh, Denny Abdija could definitely be just the best player in the draft. Um, and we just haven't had many, just any exposure to him at all um, playing in the United States. But uh, I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do. And just the way uh, the, the, the passing skills he possesses for a bigger guy um, is, is going to be really um, exciting to watch. And I'm excited to see how his career is going to turn out. And at number three, I have Tyrese Halliburton. Um, this is a guy that is uh, just, just I think, going to be easily uh, a, a great NBA player. Because with a lot of these guys, Lamella Ball included, uh, they, I could see them busting. Um, that's not going to be the case with Halliburton because uh, of the IQ he has, uh, of the defense that he has, um, and just knowing what's going on in the game, he's not going to bust. Um, I mean, he worst case scenario, he's just uh, an average role player. That's his worst case scenario. He's never gonna, he's not gonna be out of the league, and he's gonna have a good long career. I think he's gonna be a Shea Gilgis Alexander type player. Um, you know, like I said, good defender, um, good playmaker, amazing IQ, um, and his, sh- his shot looks weird, uh, but it goes in. Um, I-, I think he'll be, like I said, a Shea Gilgis Alexander type in the NBA. Um, and that if you could get that at the number three pick as, as good and as young as Shea Gilgis Alexander is, um, I really like that. And Halliburton also has great size for a bit, or for a guard, six, eight wingspan, six, five height, uh, for, for a guard, um, play point guard in college. Might, he might shift to the two, just like Shea Gilgis Alexander did it in the NBA. Um, but I think at worst, he's going to be a, a decent role player and at best he could be, uh, an NBA all-star. Yeah, for sure. Tyree Talberton. Uh, it will be a great player. Uh, like you said, adapting to the NBA uh, might be a little bit easier for someone with a game like him. But at my number two, uh, and this is really where the draft gets um, to those t- tier one players, I'm going to take James Wiseman. Uh, obviously, James Wiseman had that whole stuff going out with Memphis uh, that he only played like three games or something. Uh, but you know, uh, I feel like after uh, after that, he kind of he kind of fizzled out uh, because we haven't seen him play that much, you know. Uh, but you know, he's still that player that we we saw um, when he played and in high school. Uh, amazing size for for someone like him, uh, seven feet, uh, two hundred and fifty pounds, and seven five wingspan. That's just insane. Uh, he will dominate uh, down there uh, in the rim uh, and, and in defense. You know, it's going to be good. He's still agile. Um, he can get to the basket quickly, uh, and you know. Uh, player with his size, uh, it's, important to, uh, it's important that you have uh, good body control uh, because, you know, getting out of control with a size like that, it can be it can be easy, you know, uh, but he has that, you know, he can control himself, he knows uh, how to play uh, that type of game, and that's important, you know. Uh, also, great defense, uh, basically because of that size, but, you know, also being agile, uh, he, he will be an amazing rim protector, um, and, you know, I'm very excited to see where he goes. Uh, if the Warriors take him or um, it's, he's going to be a good fit, um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. He, he will be an amazing NBA player. I feel like he will dominate, 
uh, but you know, he he also is uh, a little foul prone. Uh, it can be easy with a size like that to just be fouling all the time, uh, and his efficiency is not great. Um, uh, you know, with a center um, that basically just works on the inside, you expect uh, good efficiency. Uh, but we'll see what he can do in the NBA. Uh, I feel like he will get better at, at some of those things, um, and I feel like uh, the good definitely outweighs the bad. Uh, so I'm taking him at number my number two, uh, just because he he is an amazing dominant player. Yeah, um, Wiseman also comes in at number two for me. Um, you know, has he has all the signs of a dominant big. Um, the shot isn't there yet, uh, but he has nice touch, so I think he has the potential to develop it. Um, he's an athletic freak. Uh, he was dominant in the few games he played for Memphis. Um, and I think, you know, he's going to come into the league as a rim-running role player uh, or just as a rim-running center. Uh, and then he will develop and develop and eventually become, uh, hopefully, a dominant uh, big man. And if not, he will be a solid, above-average uh, NBA big man. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens with Wiseman. I think if he can get a shot, he could potentially be potentially be one of the better bigs uh, in in the NBA. Yeah, for sure. Um, now with my number one pick, uh, this should be fairly obvious. I'm going with Anthony Edwards. Uh, he is uh, probably the best player uh, certainly in this draft. Um, and you know he kind of exemplifies this draft. He's an amazing athletic player. Uh, he's a good scorer, great size. Uh, and, you know, those are basically uh, what he's going to bring to the table. Obviously, he has some weaknesses um, in the shot selection uh, where, you know, he takes deep threes, contested threes. Um, and, you know, his mid-range game is also weak. Uh, but, you know, uh, he's still an amazing player, obviously. Uh, probably the most athletic, one of the most athletic players in this draft and the best scorer by far. By far. Uh, he's an amazing player. You know, he can definitely contribute to an NBA team uh, right from the start. And it's going to be great to see, you know. Uh, obviously, he's going to go number one. Uh, I, I feel like it would be really hard uh, for the Timberwolves not to pick him. Uh, and, you know, he is he isn't a great defender. Um, and like we were talking about in the draft lottery, uh, the Timberwolves do have a tendency to not um, really help those young players develop uh, into a good defender. Uh, but, I, I, you know, he's still – very agile. Uh, he's a good shooter, too. Uh, he can get to the rim and finish well. And, he, you know, he's going to be an amazing NBA player. Um, even with his flaws, um, he's still going to be great. Uh, and, you know, the, the athleticism combined with the scoring and the size, um, it, it's just going to be insane. Um, I feel like he could get better um, at some playmaking uh, if he wants to play as a guard, um, you know, switching around maybe a small uh, shooting guard and point guard uh but you know if he does go to the Timberwolves you have a good playmaker in D'Angelo Russell and I feel like he will fit well so I'm you know fairly obvious pick Anthony Edwards is my number one yeah um Edwards also comes in at number one he's just an amazing prospect um he's big he's athletic uh and he can shoot the three really really well um the negatives uh is you know uh definitely a, the shot selection it needs work, uh, but the talent alone reminds me of, you know, at his peak, Victor Oladipo, uh, that type of uh, player. Um, you know, he, he, he does show some inconsistent effort sometimes. Um, 
hopefully that was just because he was playing for a bad Georgia team uh, that was didn't surround him with anybody. Um, but hopefully going forward, he can put go all in because I do think he has the potential to be one of the more special players in the NBA um, and for sure. Uh, and we both have him at number one. Um, but before we go, um, I just want to talk a little bit about this draft in general because um, with limited draft workouts, uh, if any, people, I mean, guys might not even see, uh, be, guys might be forced to pick um, uh, even without seeing any of the prospects uh, in person and just having to look off of game film. Um, I think we could see a ton of surprises. That, that What I just said combined with the fact that this draft is uh, not very top heavy, but super, super deep. I think there's a chance we could see, you know, somebody that we didn't talk about today go in the top three or four. Um, it has that type of potential uh, to be super, super weird with all the COVID uh, things mixed in and all the, and the fact that, you know, this draft, uh, the difference between like the number three player and the number 10 player is virtually nothing. Um, so I, I, I do think that we could be setting up for a crazy draft. Um, what about you, Eduardo? Yeah, like you said, this draft, because of, you know, the virus and everything, it, there will be no draft combine. Uh, like you said, a lot, of the, a lot of these teams will basically just go off game film. And, you know, someone like Danny of, G, of Deja might fall. Uh, because obviously he plays in Israel. Yeah, players that come from France, it, it will be harder to get uh, some of those game films and see uh, how they, they're going to be in shape right now because obviously uh, stuff can change. Uh, but when you have a draft combine, you can see uh, how they are right now at that moment, uh, and they just won't have that. Um, and, you know, someone like James, we James Wiseman, uh, you're going to have three games uh, from Memphis to watch in high school. Obviously, he probably changed a lot uh, and, his, and his game and everything. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be weird. This draft, like you said, has the potential uh, to be surprising uh, just because, you know, a lot of these players, uh, when you look at different mock drafts or draft boards, uh, they they vary in, in, in place. Uh, obviously, you have um, Anthony Edwards most of the time at number one, uh, but sometimes, sometimes you have James Wiseman at seven, and, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of stuff can change. And it's going to be definitely very interesting to watch, uh, and it's going to be great, you know. Uh, but we'll see. Um, I feel like uh, there will be a lot of players that, I mean, not necessarily just bust, uh, bust, but, you know, maybe they don't live up to expectations. Um, and there will be players that, like you said, uh, we maybe even didn't even talk today, uh, and they go and they are the best player in the draft. Uh, it will be unpredictable, uh, but, you know, we only know uh, how these players' career are going to end up uh, when they end. Uh, but, you know, I feel like we, we're just going to have to wait. Um, and, you know, there, it's a lot of variation in, in all these players. It's very, very interesting draft. Yeah, um, for sure. And we will be back pretty soon, um, hopefully next week, maybe next weekend, um, with more redrafts. We're doing 2011 next. and Which will uh, be amazing. 2011 It's just yeah. probably the best it's draft. It's an amazing draft. Um, and then we also will be doing more playoff stuff as the season gets back into play um, and the series, the first round series finish up, second round series start up. We will be back with more of that stuff. Uh, but 
as for today, that's going to do it for uh, the episode of the two-way podcast, and we will see you later.